Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right now we're talking about the Giants and you know, you've got spring training starting, but there seems to be a sense of dissatisfaction uh, in a Giant land. Giant fans... Feeling like, all right, they did do some some interesting things in the offseason, but they didn't land the big fish, and people are just generally dissatisfied with things in general as far as the Giants go. There is, however, a major league owner who just said something that drew some attention. In fact, what this owner said actually draws high praise, if I'm not mistaken, from Ray Ratto. A lot of people are looking at what this owner said and going, that's it. We need all of our owners to be like that guy. That guy is John Middleton, the owner of the Phillies. And here's what he told the Philadelphia Inquirer about winning. Quote, John Middleton, Phillies owner. How much did the 27 Yankees make? Or the 29 A's? Or the 75-76 Big Red Machine? Does anybody know? Does anybody care? Nobody knows or cares whether any of them made any money or not. And nobody cares about whether I make money or not. If my legacy is that I didn't lose any money owning a baseball team on an annual operating basis, that's a pretty sad legacy. It's about it's about putting trophies in the cases. Even Ray applauds that. Well, why else would you own a team? If you're going to make money anyway, and that's absolutely true, there's not a team in baseball that loses money. Why wouldn't you want to win? Why wouldn't you want a parade? Why wouldn't you want the people in your town to think that you're not the evil doofus that you probably are? <laughs> Owning a team doesn't necessarily make you an evil doofus. No, but being a billionaire tends to. Hmm. So, I wouldn't know. But you know, Middleton's got the right idea. I mean, he's at an age where you know you can't take it with you. So why not spend it on the thing that you're most famous for in the town in which you live. In the offseason, the Phillies gave Trey Turner, what, 11 years, $300 million. Taiwan Walker, a starter, starting pitcher, that is, four years, $72 million. So after getting to the World Series last year, winning the National League pennant, it was, they were surprised to do that. They spent $400 million more uh, this offseason. And I can't imagine, Ray, that other owners in baseball are, are too happy to see this. No, they're not. Of course, he's got cover because Steve Cohen of the Mets is a far more egregious spender. And so, frankly, is Peter Seidler in San Diego. But Middleton basically makes the case for, if you're in this, be in it. And I think that's, more than anything else, what fans want to hear. 
and they want what they want to see. They don't want, we will not be outbid. Well, prove it. You know, stop shooting your mouth off. Stop flapping your gums. If you're going to be the, if you want to be the elephant in the room, be the elephant in the room. I think that's one of the reasons some people are not happy with the way the Giants are doing it because we've been spoiled. You look at the Warriors and the luxury tax and the total expenditures, and it's clear that Joe Lacob wants to win and is willing to spend a lot of money uh, to win championships. And I know now they're trying to figure out how they deal with all of that, but they've proven that. The 49ers certainly in the distant past uh, proved, Eddie DeBartolo proved that we just want to spend the money and we want to win. It's tougher now with the salary cap, but I don't think the 49ers have shied away for spending the money they need to spend to compete. So when you look at those two teams and you look at the Giants, and it's fair to question, as you see them cutting payroll, do they really want to win? And in this environment where other teams clearly do want to win, you can understand why some fans go, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not down with that. But it also speaks to the current panic among owners about the imminent collapse of their regional sports empires because they're worried about where that money's going to come from. And when you balance that against their their animus toward guys like Middleton and Seidler and, and Steve Cohen. And Seidler is a small market owner, yeah, baseball-wise. But, but he's still spinning But he's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And Philadelphia is not so much more massive than, you know, I mean, it's... Owners have a choice. It's not my market size prevents me from spending money. It's I will be happy to use my market size as an excuse why I don't want to spend money. But you're you're either you're either in the poker game or you're not. And Middleton basically said, "I'm in, and here's why." Are the Giants in the poker game? Clearly not. But they I'm, tried to be. Are you buying that they tried to get in this year? I think they. They thought they had a shot at Judge, which was a fool's errand. And I think they sort of belatedly decided to try to outspend everybody for Carlos Correa. And then when the physical turned off, turned up wonky, they couldn't wait to run away from it. They didn't try to get more physicals. They just said, mm, now nah, we're pulling out. I mean, they, they stopped talking to Scott Boris. I mean, that's the guy you got to go to if you're serious about having Carlos Correa, and they didn't say, we need to re renegotiate this based on the, on the physical. They just walked away. And I think that marks them even far more than losing the judge sweepstakes. So even though we know now what happened and we understand Carlos Correa's injury is one that gave other teams pause as well, still bad optics for the Giants? They still haven't recovered from that in some way? Well, we won't know if they've recovered from it or not till the next free agent cycle. But I'm talking about in but terms been, of their uh, image with fans. Right, the fans have looked and said, you know what? You guys don't spend on anything. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, who what's the what's the big free agent they've pulled in since they moved to the big to to the new park? I mean, Barry Bonds was already there. Uh Barry Zito. And even at that People were looking at them and going, why are you bidding against yourselves? Because they were. They outbid everybody else by $46 million to get them. That's just the only name that came to mind. Well, no, but the, their biggest expenditure for a free agent is Aaron Rowland. Spent you know, $60 million over five years for him. And turned out that he was not just 
not a success. He hated Bruce Bochy, and Bruce Bochy hated him, which is as good a way to get your <laughs> ticket out of town as there is. On the text line, Ray, the Xfinity Mobile text line, your beloved Xfinity Mobile text line. By the way, you're on with uh, Alan tomorrow, right? Alan, honestly... Loves the text line. You think I like the text line. Alan loves the text line. Well, I'm going to sit in that seat tomorrow to see to it that he doesn't get the play. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun listen. From the 650, Giants need to start developing players. Tired of hearing about the same old prospects in the farm system for the last five years. Dylan from the 209 says, I feel Giants fans want home runs and bigger hitting stars don't care as much about winning. And then from the 5-1-0, Lincecum was a reason people started to come back in droves. Posey didn't do anything exciting. Lincecum was an immediate attraction in 2007. And Gil says the Giants are basically the A's that play home games at AT&T Park. Well, the crowds didn't come back in 2007. The crowds started coming back in the latter half of 2010. So Lincecum might have been a draw... Well, he was. He was part of that. Uh, I, he was a draw when he played, when he pitched. But that's only 16 times a year in this town. What happened in the other uh, 65? Well, what happened was this. As you mentioned, yeah, Barry Bonds and the Giants were they went to the World Series, and then things fell off, and all of a sudden, Barry, who had been with hitting home runs, the face of the franchise, and happiness, being back home, his surliness began to... Um, pose a cloud, if you will, threw a cloud over the whole team, and then, wow, what are we going to do? This is kind of dreary. Barry Zito, look, we got Barry Zito. That didn't work. And so when Lincecum came along with Posey and the other players, it helped to reestablish, look who we are. We're young, we're fresh, we're relevant. Uh, Tim Lincecum was a huge part of that. To a large degree, he was the face of that. So it's not just a matter of what happened in uh, games when he wasn't pitching. He became a symbol for what the Giants were, and that's the type of thing that they could desperately use right now. They have good players. You know, Logan Webb's a really good pitcher, but they need somebody, as the texter said, somebody to come up from the farm systems like, man, that guy can be a real major league superstar player someday. He came through our system. He's a giant. And the plan was to have at least one guy like that by now. That's all very romantic, but the facts don't bear that out. What? You don't think that was about, the plan? About, oh, no, that was the plan. Okay, I'm that's talking all about, I'm saying is that I'm was the plan. I'm talking about the Linscombe argument. They didn't become a powerhouse at the gate again until 2011. Up until then, they were floating around that 5, 6, and 7 spot in the National League. Linscombe wasn't moving the needle in any particular way one way or another they they had their big boost the year after they won their first world series which he contributed to but your pal the texter said it was 2007 the fact is it took until they won a world series to regain okay yeah 2007 I mean, 2008 as you said earlier 2009 yeah yeah, they're in the middle of the pack. They're not selling out. 2009 was when I think they went out and got Sidney Ponson for their stretch drive. So, See, yeah. and he was royalty. Mm -hmm. And that didn't make a difference. Either. He literally was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Sir, he was Sir Sidney Ponson of Aruba. Yeah. So, okay, okay, maybe the timing was off a little bit. but The timing was off by five yeah. years. Um, Close enough. No, but their plan was that you would see Marco Luciano by now. And that Joey Bart would be a fully formed player. And that all these other guys that they rave about you'd be seeing them on a regular basis. And you don't. And 
given the fact that they weren't going to be active in free agency, or at least chose not to be, uh, indicated that they were willing to be anonymous until those guys turned out. Well, I think by now you can almost say, if it's been five years and they still haven't turned out, they're far more likely not to emerge as stars than they will. Did you say if they weren't going to participate in free agency, if they couldn't, or if they chose not to? Because I think they chose to, and they couldn't land the big fish they wanted. They did go out and get some players and do th- some things, and I know we'll have to see. They got the Rogers twin, and they got Conforto, and yeah. I mean, they well, did I participate mean, in free agency. Yeah, but... When we're talking about free agency, you're talking about a Trey Turner type, and no, that would that that wasn't an, they they decided let's make a run at Judge, but I think everybody who is in baseball expected that to be a failure that he was going to end up resigning with the Yankees, and the argument for people who thought he'd sign with the Giants is, well, he's from here, well, no, he's from Linden. Linden is what, two hours away? Going to California. He said he was a big Giant fan. That's which what he, he did said. so that he could you know, juice up the market a bit. Oh, he wouldn't. Because the Yankees, oh, of course not. <laughs> you know. And then the Correa thing, they wanted him, and they really wanted him, and then they fled. I mean, they didn't try to negotiate a different deal with Boris, and maybe Boris walks anyway. But the Giants just said, I don't like his medical and just dropped tools and walked away. So how serious were they? And at some point, you have to get one of those guys. I mean, every time they made a run at a guy, I mean, they said, well, we were in it on Harper. Harper was never coming here. You know, we were we were making a an honest run at Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer said he wanted to play in Southern California. The Giants need what the Warriors got from Andre Godala in 2014 a breakout free agent. Somebody says, you know what? This may not be a fashionable place to go, but I like what's going on there. I want to be there. You and know, there is nobody who's done that. You know they're dangling that carrot again. And maybe the Giants don't have anything to do with it directly. Maybe it's just the media. Maybe people in the media are looking for something to, hey, let's get people to you know, click on our, our pages and our stories. But it's already started for next year. And I'm already sick of it. The talk of the Giants... Maybe they'll get Shohei Otani. That has already started in some corners. Well, they'd better plan on paying about half a billion dollars. And I don't see Charlie Johnson doing that. I mean, I just... I Do you see if they would? Do you think Otani would even consider coming here? Probably not. There are other teams that, you know... I mean, hell, the Dodgers. They'd be the first team I'd think of. San Diego's already established that they will spend money. Preller has been obsessed with Otani for years. So if there's any, they will explore every possible option. But that doesn't mean they'll get him. It doesn't free mean they'll get him. Free to go wherever they want to go. But they're going to they're going to make an offer that is going to be far more sizable than the one the Giants made for Aaron Judge. I don't think the Giants are players on him. I mean, they should try. So how do you play it? I mean, they got burned. I think the way they played the Judge thing. So your fans want, hey, Otani. So you do, yes, we're all in on Otani, knowing that we're probably not going to get him. Or do you couch it like, you know what? We <laughs> we we are going to uh, spend our assets, uh, explore other areas and develop. You know, how, do, how do you approach that? You do, you, you, first of all, you don't say we're going to develop other areas. 
because their well, history. What do is, you do? I'm about to tell you. They're not going to say we're going to develop other areas because the other areas that they used to want to develop are the minor league system that's produced nothing. So you can't run that by them. If you're worried about, uh, you know, how the fans feel, and I have a feeling that they really don't anymore. But I thought because of the attendance numbers that you mentioned, I think they have to be somewhat concerned with that. Well, given that you had fans, the fact that it took them almost two weeks for Farhan Zaidi to come out after the Korea debacle to speak at all indicates to how little this seems to matter to them. I mean, Charlie Johnson is an absentee owner. He lives in Florida. His son ever comes out. He's like he's like a groundhog. You know, I mean, the, the one thing you could say about Larry Bear, and he had profound faults all over the place, but he would he would talk to anybody for any length of time. And maybe it's just because he liked the sound of his voice, but he would talk the team up. And if Greg Johnson is running the operation in San Francisco, which he is, and if Farhan Zaidi is the face of the baseball operation, which he is, they're willingness to engage with their fan base has been piss poor i mean they you never hear from i I mean you hear from farhan intermittently you almost never hear from johnson and that's not gonna fly i mean when this team first came out here from you know changed hands in in 1993 you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting peter mcgowan standing in front of a microphone you know they they sold that thing like it was, you know, like Tesla. They seemed to connect with fans. They spoke well, no, no, fans they, Well, I don't know how much they connected, but they were out there all the time. This operation is not. And you, when you add that to the fact that there are no big-name players you can get behind, and there is no indication that they're going to, where are they? They're gonna they're gonna average about twenty five thousand a game, and no one will be talking about this. this regime has been somewhat tone deaf, as you mentioned. You had the Korea situation, and they waited a long time before they addressed that. Long time. How could you do that? Uh, even Gabe Kapler, when they hired him, that I don't know if you were at the introductory media conference, which was one of the most awkward managerial introductory news conferences ever because of all the. Um, the controversy over what had happened with the Dodgers and some assault charges and his involvement in that. Remember, it was awful. Well, it was he, very wasn't, tone yeah, he wasn't uh, guilty of any assaults, but he was not responsive to the victim's complaints. Right, right. So that was very awkward and tone deaf, and that's been a theme. They Farhan's regime does not seem to be very sensitive to what the fans want and need to hear. No, and you can get away with that if you're the Yankees, they're not the Yankees. Um, that said, I still think they're poised to have a surprisingly decent to actually good year this year. But I don't know how much that's going to matter. what that means. And I think they're going to be able to, very good chance they'll be able to compete for a wild card spot. And that they'll be relevant most of the summer. Whereas last year, even though they finished with 81 wins, you know, by the All-Star break, people had thought, Ugh, they're, yeah, but they're, they, they were kind of in the fringes of the wild card thing they last were. year. They were, but I'm, I'm not saying I mean, they're going to be just, on the fringe of it. They, I say they're going to be competitors this year. I think there's a good chance of that. I think you're talking about the difference between 81 wins and 85, and I don't know that that's enough to move a needle one way or another. But last year's 81 felt more like 75. 
Well, why is why is eighty five suddenly going to feel so radically different? Because if your team is in the thick of it and you're playing better and fans feel like, yes, I can invest in this product because they're winning, I'm getting something back, then people start to connect and start to care again. And I'm 85 not saying, wins will do that. For uh, it might. I mean, I, I think 85 would be a lot better than last year. Even though it's only four, I know. But 81 last year didn't feel like 81. Well, it didn't feel like 81 because they weren't interesting. Exactly. And they were coming off a year where exactly they'd won 107. 81 in and of itself is not horrible, but after 107, it's wow. But 85 is only incremental improvement, and you still have the same problem of your best player being Mitch Haniger. That's not, you know, that's not changing. Well, 85 is not set in stone. I mean, you're throwing out there, oh, so you're saying 85. I mean, 85 well, or more, I think they have a chance to win between 85 and 90 games if things go well. And I don't think that's a stretch with the pitching they have. But it's going to depend on a few things, as it always does with the the lineups and rosters they cobble together. You know, Peterson's going to have to hit, and Conforto's going to, his shoulder's going to have to be okay. But there is a realistic chance. So in other words, if everything goes right... Not everything. They, well, no, I mean... No, you, I'm not at saying some everything. Point you, have to prof- you have to provide some sort of basis for why your optimism glows so much because I don't see it. I think the starting pitching is very good. Which which starting pitcher other than Logan Webb or Ross Stripling do you think is going to seize this this town? I think Di Sclafani can be a solid pitcher. I'm not talking about winning a Cy Young Award. I'm talking about being a solid major league starter that helps you win games. He's listed as a long reliever right now. So... I don't think that's going to help. Right you now, think he's there, on the roster to be a long reliever. Well, that's where you. I mean, I'm going on Fangraphs, and they update their their rosters like every day. Mm-hmm. And right now, their rotation is Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, and Alex Wood. Manaya is a very good pitcher. I think that has a chance to be and an above average to good starting rotation. Cobb is 35, Manaya is 31, Stripling's 33, Woods 32. I don't care how old they are. What does that you, mean? It, it enhances the chances that they're going to have an arm problem of some sort. I mean, this is one of the oldest teams in baseball, and it's one that vibrates very little. Age and lack of stardom is a terrible combination. And I'm not saying they're going to go 70 and 92. Well, what I gave you a number. What are you saying they're going to win? I'm going to say they're going to be around 500 again. But it doesn't matter what I say or what you say. Matters to you and it matters to me. What I'm saying is being in the wild card hunt is not enough to energize this fan base. Because we saw what energizes this fan base is will come out the year after you win a championship. That's what happened in 11 and it happened all the way through four, through 15. I know there are a lot of more casual fans who want a lot more, but I think typical Giants fans, most Giants fans, want the games to matter. They want a reason to tune in in August and beyond. And if you're in the wild card hunt, last year, as you say, they're on the fringe of it. It was more a matter of, you know, if they win five in a row, they're in the thick of it. As it is, it you know, doesn't look good. I think for most Giants fans, they'd be happy with that this year. And I think there's a realistic chance that happens. Well... Time will tell, as it always does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're if you're that keen on it, fine. I don't, I don't know that this is a fan base that's going to come out until it's safe to come out. Safe to come out? Yeah, like 
I'm going to go to the ballpark and I'm going to tell my friends I was at the ballpark because it's the cool place to go again. And it's going to be the cool place to go again. It's going to be very cool. <laughs> it's always very cool. Yeah. It's always very but cool. But you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.